You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. With the presidential election in Taiwan fast approaching, I thought it would be a good time to discuss disinformation related to Taiwan's 2024 presidential election with Summer Chen, the editor-in-chief of Taiwan Fact Check Center, and Wei Ping Li, a research fellow at Taiwan Fact Check Center. We also talked about disinformation that circulated in 2020 around the time of Taiwan's presidential election and the United States presidential election. TFC's work to combat the spread of disinformation and how the general public can prevent themselves from falling prey to fake news by creating something called a trust circle. Taiwan Fact Check Foundation is a non-profit, non-government organization jointly established by the Association for Quality Journalism and Taiwan Media Watch Foundation in April 2018. In December 2020, TFC legally registered as an independent foundation, Taiwan Fact Check Foundation. As COVID-19 first broke out in China, TFC was the first fact-checking organization to alert the potential disinformation threat to the International Fact-Checking Network, IFCN, in January 2020, which led to the launch of the biggest-ever fact-checking project, Coronavirus Facts Alliance. The alliance unites more than 100 fact-checkers across the globe and has published more than 10,000 fact-checks surrounding the pandemic. A note for our listeners, we had some technical issues with the first 16 minutes of the recording for this interview that couldn't be improved by sound editing. So please bear with us. After the 16-minute mark, the issue was resolved and the audio quality of the interview improved. Here's our interview. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. So the first question is a, maybe a kind of a basic question. When I think about fake news and fact-checking, I often hear the terms disinformation and misinformation used interchangeably. Is there a difference between these terms or are they basically the same? What's your perspective on that? Yeah, um, I think I will be the first one to answer this question. Um, this is a good question because this is very important to differentiate the different kinds of false information. So, um, disinformation and misinformation are both incorrect information. But the difference lies in that disinformation is created and spread with malicious intent. But misinformation is created without malicious intent. Maybe just someone who thinks that, well, things should be that way, but actually it's not. The, the person just uh, misunderstands things. There is a post saying that the Taiwanese government donated 200 million to Israel as military aid. And they just uh, fake documents and uh, fake some screenshot. So this is very apparently a disinformation because who would unintentionally create this kind of information, right? So this is created with malicious intent and it could be characterized as disinformation. My other question in preparing for this interview, I looked at your website and I see that you have a lot of really great experience and accolades on the work that the Taiwan Fact Check Center has done. 
And I see from your website that it says that the Taiwan Fact Check Center has joined Facebook's third-party fact-checking program. And I'm curious if you could elaborate more on that because it may be a little bit confusing because I think a lot of people are not sure, sure how much faith they have in the factual accuracy of things posted on Facebook. How is Taiwan Fact Check Center participating in? Are you providing feedback on the posts or things that you see on Facebook? Or are you actively looking at the content that's on Facebook? Or are you just telling them things that are likely to be inaccurate and fake that could be posted on Facebook? Summer explained how the Taiwan Fact Check Center, TFC, collaborates with a number of tech companies such as Facebook, Google, YouTube, Yahoo, and Line, a messaging app that is popular in Taiwan, and how TFC is certified by the International Fact-Checking Network, IFCN. That means we, we uh, do the fact-checking independently without any uh, political position, and uh, we don't get any budget from politicians or government. We can do the uh, fact-checking independently, so we have the certificate from IFCN, International Fact-Checking Network. Then we can get the contract, we can uh, try to get contract with Facebook. And after we turn to be the, one of the members of the security program, then some post was uh, fact-checked and say it false information, then it will be there, but the Facebook will put a black layout on the post, and also the post will lose its distribution, but uh, Facebook won't remove them. That's uh, how we work together, and, uh, and what the post we will fact check, it's not opinion, it's not your uh, political value. It's the fact. It's something that we can relate it to hard fact that we can do the fact checking back on the evidence. So it's actually it's pretty limited to fact. And uh, oh, we are not just fact checking something very minor. It should be in uh, related to public interest, especially some this. Discussion, public discussion related to our uh, policies or something that people really focus on Taiwan. That's what we fact check. Uh, but just provide our fact checks to Google and uh, Google collect them. And uh, when you uh, do the Google search, you can see the good quality news and uh, you can see fact check in priority page. So that's how Google work with uh, news and the fact checkers. And for line, we provide a fact checking channel and also free account to fact checkers, including TFC. So we can publish our fact checks on line channel. We have a chatbot called Taiwan uh, chatbot. Online, so people can use our bus servers. That's how we collaborate with different tech company. And Yahoo also, Yahoo's news is so popular. 
and they have a news chain. So we provide our fact check by SS. So whenever we publish our article, the Yahoo News always can post our article their news website. So we also collaborate with Yahoo News. I asked Summer and Weiping about how earlier this year there was disinformation being spread on messaging apps in Taiwan. That if Taiwan were to unify with China, that people's bank accounts would be exchanged from new Taiwan dollars into China's currency, and the currency exchange would be one to one. Does that something that TFC would be involved with fact checking or debunking the accuracy of something like that? Yeah, we will get the claims from our audience, and so they can report to us. So if the claim, just like you said, is so viral in Taiwan, we can do the fact-checking. So we will, just like a journalist, we can interview, we can uh, search in the evidence, search in the document, or do the debunking by what we call the open-source tools, do the digital investigation to do the debunking. So we, we will try what we can do to debunk Actually, this is a very interesting point that uh, I hadn't thought about, but that perhaps common citizens, uh, people who care about the accuracy things, could also take some responsibility and be proactive, right, and report on these things. Is it very obvious in these social media platforms or messaging apps where people can report factual inaccuracies? I think accurate information is people need in Taiwan. And uh, I think after we go through a lot of election, including election in 2018 and the 2020 presidential election last time, and uh, also local election last year, I think Taiwanese people is pretty aware of the special information. So we encourage our audience and also we build our audience in Taiwan, they have the patience. When they receive something, some information that went upset or angry, or sometimes it's too exciting, they will share to chat back, uh, mm-hmm. to like a callback. Callback is an chatback to do the debunking, and the uh, Taiwan fact checks chatback or anti Mei or Michael Chen check, or Taiwan is has another fact check checkers, Michael And so uh, we can build the Taiwanese audience. They have the sense of media literacy. They will share what they feel, what's the, the information that gets them emotional. Then uh, the fact checkers community like us or COFAC audience, so this function, I think it's worked for so many years and uh, it has already uh, been through a lot of elections. Mm. It's worked very successful. So in many things, many ha- things happened, many militias, uh, claims uh, happened in Taiwan. We always can get the information as soon as possible and uh, try to publish the back chats. So I think this function is a very strong defensing line in Taiwan, and uh, it's pretty precious. And uh, we can 
builders investors take a lot of decisions. They have the patience to report. They have the patience to do fact checking or to learn something related to information operation fact checking. Uh, we we our society has patience to the those uh, those things, and they want to learn how to defend themselves and protect themselves. So I think it pressures, and that's really want to share. It's a very good function in Taiwan. I'm also thinking about the other end of people who maliciously report things and try to do the opposite, which is to actually report things that are accurate, but for whatever reasons they want to disprove it or debunk it, also. And so it's kind of interesting. You may have to have that kind of balance, right? To know what is the basis of why people are reporting certain things, right? I know that TFC has done a lot of work with disinformation. Related to the presidential election, because uh, we are coming up on the election in Taiwan, and you did a lot of important work in the 2020 election, the last one. And so, I thought I'd let you share what you discovered at that time, and maybe share some of the comparison. Okay,、um, it's the one month countdown, so it should be a, a big wave of disinformation and the misinformation. And uh, uh, for our because we have already go through a lot of elections, so based on our experience, we has already prepared do the pre banking. So in the last months, in the last thirty days, we will see a lot of disinformation related to election fraud, and the election fraud is kind of conspiracy. And so, at, in 2020, we saw numbers of the claim at the eve of the election and the, on the voting day, and the, even after the election, we saw a lot of disinformation attacking the voting is unfair, the voting is cheating, and especially on the voting day, after uh, uh, the candidate at the meet he lose the election. And the president Tsai Ing-wen won the election. There is a footage went viral online, and the footage is pretty focused on the counting. The screen we can see on the counting on the president ticket ballot counting. However, the voice is from the others counting. We at the same room. There is just lawmakers counting. So the counting has a voice called number two. However, the drawing is drawing Tsai Ing-wen is number three, and the, the counting is drawing under Tsai Ing-wen's name. Actually, they have a very small voice, and the voice is naming Tsai Ing-wen, Tsai Ing-wen. So that's how he need to draw under Tsai Ing-wen. However, the voice is from the other、yeah. counting in the same room. The counting is lawmakers counting. We have two election at the same day at the same time, so the voice is related to lawmaker. So the counting has a louder voice called number two. Number two for the president is KMT's candidate Han Guoyu. Okay. Number two, number two. Okay. However, after number two, there is a voice called number four. But for the president election, there is no number four. So that's how we prove 
The voice is for the lawmakers counting. However, the screen is pretty focused on president counting. So that make you have a illusion, say it's cheating. The counting is calling number two. It should be a Han Guoyu. However, the drawing is on number three for Tsai Ing-wen. So this footage went viral. Voting night, counting night. So it's pretty malicious because it will get people angry, especially when the supporters just feel very disappointed at that moment. And uh, those kind of malicious uh, disinformation will keep going in the 30 days and after, especially on the voting day and after the voting day. So we are pretty concentrated and focused to monitoring those kind of disinformation. And then we will try to debunking them by verification for the public. We are not just get the newsletter from the government and saying, oh, it's all the fake. We will try to debunking them by do the interview and to verify would that be happened. And so recently we have already seen the election fraud disinformation appeared and we can expect it will get more and more. And to debunking them, we published a playbook. We just let our audience and the researchers know the playbook. They, the disinformer, has a playbook. So we need to learn the playbook so that we can predict if something claim, some claim or some information related to election fraud, then we can remind, we, we can think, we can keep the playbook in on our mind so we can do the debunking. So that's what we do. And also Weiping has another observation about the election disinformation and the misinformation narrative. In addition to what Summer has mentioned, it's about the voting procedures or voter reading rumors. And there are still other types of disinformation that has been spread way before um, the 30 days before the election. I think uh, the disinformation creator has um, some kind of a plan. They have a, a long-term plan. So that some kind of disinformation has been spread like few months before the elections. There are two very salient themes about disinformation this year. First one is American skepticism and the kind of disinformation inciting the anxiety of war. And another kind of disinformation is the disinformation attacking specific candidates like Xiao Meiqing or Zhao Shaokang or Ke Wenzhe. There are disinformation pieces about all these candidates. So especially the disinformation about national defense and American attitudes toward Taiwan. They are very prevalent. Some common narratives are like Taiwanese militaries is weak or uh, Americans are weak. They cannot protect, protect Taiwan or they just take advantages of Taiwan or Taiwan are planning to flee Taiwan once there is a war. Things like that. And as you know, and I think a lot of your audience might have already noticed there are disinformation targeting as the nationality 
American citizenship of Xiao Meiting. There are still rumors saying that Xiao Meiting still has United States citizenship, which is not true, but it's still spread widely. So the very particular trends that we have observed this year. And did you want to talk about what you observed in 2020 as a comparison? Yes, I think that. I think 2020 has a lot of disinformation and misinformation related to Hong Kong protests, especially at that moment, Hong Kong protests is a huge issue for Taiwanese society. And the Taiwanese people really concerned Hong Kong and the people on that election, a lot of uh, disinformation about the Hong Kong protest and uh, they were flowed into not only uh, in Hong Kong communities, but also flowed into Taiwan's social media platforms. So we debunking a big wave of uh, misinformation about the Hong Kong protest. And also the election fraud is pretty unique at that moment because at that time, even K and his candidate didn't think the voting procedure has any issues. And the number of ballots has a huge gap between DDP and the KMT. So there is no argument or no doubt about the election procedures. However, on the website world, actually a lot of misinformation and disinformation is creating a conspiracy to say the election is unfair, has the cheating procedure. And there is a very interesting phenomenon. After the election, we are busy with debunking those kind of disinformation. However, do you remember at that moment, December 25th, Wuhan, has locked down. So when Wuhan locked down, those kind of disinformation just disappear line or Facebook and uh, all the information or misinformation just tend to be related to the pandemic. And uh, after the end of February, I think Wuhan has already controlled everything and China tried to release, feel released. And then at the beginning of March, we saw the election fraud disinformation appear again, and uh, we we start to debunking them. So I think why there has a time break for the election fraud is pretty unique, but we don't know why. Why the the attacking of those kind of disinformation just has a time break when the pandemic happened. I think it's pretty interesting phenomena that we see in 2020. And in 2020, there is another election. It's American presidential election in 2020. And at the beginning, we don't think the American election is, is not our business because we are in Taiwan and we are best in the Chinese speaking world. So we don't do a lot of preparation, but actually, a lot of conspiracy and uh, disinformation happened in American presidential election. They systematically translated into Chinese and uh, frauding into our line 
or our Facebook group. And even in Taiwan, the Taiwanese society has a huge debate which candidate is better for Taiwan's interest. And now for a short break. Talking Taiwan is the longest-running Taiwan-related podcast and currently the only independently produced Taiwanese-American English-language podcast in the world that covers political news related to Taiwan. And we're getting ready to take the show on the road back to Taiwan in January to cover Taiwan's presidential election and to interview some special guests while we're there. We're calling it the Talking Taiwan Election Tour, and we'd like to thank all of our generous donors and supporters who have helped us to reach our first fundraising goal of $5,000, which will be doubled to $10,000 by Patrick Huang. This means that we are nearly halfway to reaching our overall fundraising goal of $25,000. We'll be working with seasoned political commentator Courtney Donovan-Smith, who will be sharing his analysis of Taiwan's presidential candidate debate. In fact, that will be our first episode of the new year. In January, we'll be headed to Taiwan, where we'll be meeting with Courtney in Taichung for some pre-election coverage. And then, of course, there will also be a post-election discussion episode. There's still time for you to support the Talking Taiwan election tour. Help us get the show on the road by making a contribution to our GoFundMe campaign or at TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. We thank you for your support. You make what we do possible. Now, back to the episode. And uh, some people's argument or when people have the debate, I think it is pretty healthy in the democracy society. However, a lot of debate is based on misleading information or based on those conspiracy disinformation. So that's another interesting phenomenon in 2020. And uh, that last year is a very huge election year for global wise. It's not only Taiwan, but also a lot of countries in Asia, in Asia Pacific has election. And also Europe and America has election too. So for 2024, I think a lot of country has an election. And for the fact checkers, it's a very hot topic for us, how to prepare, how to do the pre-banking, how to prepare for the election in 2024. So it's the hard topic for fact checkers and it's a very big challenge for fact checkers preparing for 2024 election. We did have some uh, email exchange before. You mentioned that China has a more covert role in the disinformation this year and maybe we can break that up into two different actors like the Chinese government or other China-related parties and what kind of tactics they're using yeah, because I think, you know, for the past years, um, the relationships between or among Taiwan, China, and the United States have become more intensified. And so it is a logical conclusion that China would take more part in the creation of disinformation or to flex their muscles in this information interference campaigns. And actually, there is also evidence that um, China has tried to level up their information influence campaign, not only targeting at Taiwan, but also targeting at the elections in the United States. Uh, you can see the reports from um, 
Meta already reports from Microsoft, so they have also predicted this trend. But, you know, there is something that is typical for us fact checkers to really pinpoint who is the perpetrators because we need 100% certain evidence. But, you know, this, this is a very tricky situation because you have the feeling you have some very scattered evidence and you know somebody might be the perpetrators, but you just need the evidence. And uh, yeah, it's something that we, we try to solve, but we are, we're still, you know, making efforts to 100% evidence. Compare 2020, I think for China, he's really understand he need hide behind the scene. Otherwise, if Taiwanese right. can feel uh, those information was manipulated by China or the information was conducted by China. Then people will feel threatened by China. Then China will lose the election. Taiwanese people really will vote for the other party that China disagreed with. So China will hide behind the scene. So this moment, this time, we will think it's the disinformer play more sophisticated trick. And uh, at this time, and uh, uh, he will use the weakness of Taiwan's information ecosystem. For example, he will put the misleading information on the belt. PTT is like a Taiwanese Reddit or a mobile link E. Then a lot of editors or journalists, they were searching the news material on those kind of social media. Then the misinformation will trigger the news trend. So it's tend to be the journalists do the reporting and a lot of news just has the same topic. So it's pretty hard to find who is the original disinformation and it's also challenged to prove it's from China. It's by China or from China. So China won't do anything, just put on Weibo or just generate by sterile media and throw into China. They won't do, throw into Taiwan. They won't do that. They are more and more disinformation, misleading information was putting, attacking the weakness of our information ecosystem and uh, trigger the journalist to do the reporting. So it's pretty hard to debunking and pretty hard to, it's pretty challenging for the researcher to trace, to prove who is the disinformer this year. So what do we, we need to do as a fact checker? We are do the ground battles. We are just like the trash cleaner trying to clean the misinformation in the public discussion. So what we decided to do this year is we host the workshop for the journalists. So in September and October, we host two workshops. One is for the chief editor from 20 media, mainstream media and the public media also. In October, we host another workshop to empower 40 fact-checkers and journalists because we really want the journalists to ca- can do the verification, can do the fact-checking. When they search the topic from social media, they can just field the disinformation and the misinformation at the frontier of the news. I think that's our strategy to 
combat disinformation for this election. <laughs> and also, uh, AI is what we are worried about too. What on uh, the AI footage or image or recording is what we worry about too. The AI is, is not only, uh, Taiwanese fact checker worry about, is all the fact checkers and the journalists worry about. In Singapore last month, we have a, a trust media summit. They are 300 fact checkers and the journalists together. So we are not only talking, talking about election, but also the AI issue. And we are worried AI will be, AI disinformation, misinformation will play an important role at this time. So it's another strong for us that we need to face. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, you answered like a question because as you're talking, I was thinking about what is the role that journalists need to play or that they need to think about their responsibility of what the reliability of the sources that they're using. So it's great to know that TFC is also doing some education to create better awareness for journalists. Weiping, I wasn't sure if you wanted to say something. Yeah, I want to piggyback Summer's comment. Um, you know, in the chain of disinformation, journalists and the mainstream media actually plays a very important role. But in Taiwan's scenario, according to my research, and <laughs> a lot of people have also uh, see that, is that the Taiwanese media actually could have done better, right? Uh, because it might be the structure problem. That's might be because the newspaper, uh, the mainstream media wants to make money by attracting eyeballs, by attracting more clicks. So they try to make things more sensational and editors or journalists, they really don't have time to verify things. So sometimes they just snatch something from rumors online and to amplify it and to spread it online. So this could be a weakness for Taiwanese's fight against the disinformation. And in Taiwan Fact Check Center, we addressed this issue and try to raise awareness among a journalist. But I think a lot of Taiwanese journalists are really good. They know the problem. They really want to improve the quality of journalism. But this is also the responsibility of the media owners. They have to do something to resist those kinds of urge to make so much money. I mean, they have to think about the quality of the journalism, have the resolution to improve journalism and give journalists the good environment that they can devote to the verification. And this is the basic thing to do if we want to fight against disinformation. Going back to what you're saying about AI, I was thinking about that because as far as we can see right now with how ChatGPT and a lot of these AI works is that it's based on a lot of the information that it collects from the internet or like it makes some generalizations from the database and I've heard that you can train it also depending what you so-called feed it or whatever but on one hand AI has the potential to create more disinformation right because the AI is just generating content and depending on the reliability of the source it could be creating more disinformation 
So that's one point. But then I would hope that maybe if I can be an optimist that perhaps we could also see another possible use of AI that is there some way that AI could also be used to combat disinformation? I think so that AI technology is the war between justice and the evil. So when technology can be used for good and bad. So what we think is how do we work with the experts who devised the AI tools to help us to debunking disinformation. However, I think it's still a very struggling <laughs> because the disinformer also get improved a lot. So the experts need the resource to catch up with the disinformation. So I think it's also a very like a race between uh, those two camps. So it's pretty challenging for us. Based on our research, I think there is no amazing tools for fact checkers can detecting the AI footage or image. So even the experts will say, do the verification by interview, do the verification by your common sense, or do the verification do uh, to spot by your naked eyes. It's still the basic and the fundamental practice to verify if it's AI or not. So I think we will come back to the verification SLP. Like as a journalist, when we get the information, we need to verify if the resource is credible. If there are something, the contents, is the contents making sense? Is time people and the certain information is accurate? So it's the basic, very fundamental question that we need to ask and do the verification. And besides that, we will use some tool, but those two open source tool is free. However, it's not 100%. For example, like for the deepfake, we will use Deepware. There is a tool that you can access called Deepware or AI detector. And for the, uh, for the AI generation information, there is a open source called Hive moderation. We will use those open source tools to help us to verification. But besides that, we also prove, we also find other mistake or force on the footage to prove it's fake to our audience. So when we do the debunking, we will use the traditional way and the AI tools way both together. But that means the AI literacy is more important than before. So we want emphasize we do the AI literacy during the election. We want let everyone knows AI footage or AI recording could be happened in a very crucial moment, especially the election is coming. And uh, so if we saw the message or footage is pretty real, but it could be AI. So we need to stop and uh, turn on the TV or turn off. You need to check the information with the reliable media, the reliable or reliable friends you have. You need to have a trust circle. The trust circle is including the media you relied on, the YouTubers that you think you relied on, or the news you relied on, and the friends you relied on. So when you get the information, make you angry, 
ensures or just will affect your voting. You need to stop and do the fact checking on your own. So that's what we want our audience be aware of this. Yeah, that's a very good point. The takeaway I'm getting from what you just said is that we need to diversify our sources of information, right? Because this is very common. Like we talk about this in finance, that you need to diversify your portfolio to mitigate your risk. So you need to have diverse sources of information and to know what are the reliable sources. This actually leads me to another question, just for you know the common. For everyday people, what can people do? Well, actually, I think you answered this a little bit, but is there anything else that people can do to make sure that they don't fall prey to fake news and to know what sources are more trustworthy? Yeah, I think step number one: when you see something that you think, "Wow, it's unbelievable," the first thing that you want to do is to take a deep breath. Yeah, because. Disinformation creators would try to manipulate your emotions to make you feel upset, as just Summer mentioned, and make you feel surprised. So when you see something that was shocking, you want to take a deep breath and to clear your mind and to think: Is that true? And then find some sources, as we talked about just the seconds before, that we can trust. And so it's important that you you want to know what sources that you really can trust. Summer, do you want to jump in? Actually, we don't have the list, <laughs> but we <laughs>、uh, encouraged our audience to create the circle, the trusted media or trusted circle you have on your own. And we can feel a lot of Taiwanese has already got these good habits, like a, a media literacy habits. For example,、uh, several months ago, there is a professor. His name was used by disinformation. So there is a lot of friends, his friends and other professor saw the claim go viral on their lines. They just ask. The professor, did you write this article? I don't think you will write those kind of political opinion article. You are never doing that.、Uh, did you do that? And the professor answer a lot of email, <laughs> and the email is from the other professor from his friends. So he do the debunking, and everyone try to do the debunking for the professor. And finally,、uh, one of the professor's media friends contact. With us, and so finally we publish the fact checks. So we are the last one to do the fact checks. Actually, before us, a lot of friends or just a little familiar with the professor, they have already do the fact checking for the professor. So I think that is a very very good trust circle was built in Taiwan society. Everyone can do the fact checking. And everyone, when they receive the information, they can verify on their own and verify it for their friends. So that's what we want. So our team is a very small team. We only have nine fact checkers, and、uh, for for the AI and the disinformation in the AI edge, actually we can't catch up the number and the quality of the. Disinformation. So our strategy is empower everyone and let every audience has the media literacy behavior or sense, so we can build in Taiwan a very strong defensive line in our society. 
And I think this year for the presidential election is a pretty important moment for us. We need to make our own decision based on accurate information. And that's really focus or really topic for Taiwan Fact Check Center. How do we make sure we make everyone do the public decision based on accurate information and everyone can based on that to make a good decision? I also asked Summer and Weiping to recommend some reliable fact-checking sites. One in particular that came up was snoops.com. There are some also fact-checking sites, like Taiwan Fact Check Center. If you are looking for things about Taiwan, you can go to Taiwan Fact Check Center. And in terms of um, the United States or the English news, I think factcheck.org, right? And Washington Post, they have a fact checker. PolitiFacts is another option that you can go to. As for Snopes, it used to be good, but I, I think they are still making efforts right now. But in the past years, they have some issues inside their organizations that they have to deal with. Yeah, so that's another story. Uh, I think I asked you about this before. Like, what about Wikipedia? Because so many people, and I know I look at Wikipedia too. That's like debatable yeah. too, because that's very open source. But what do you think about the reliability of Wikipedia? You know, Wikipedia have different languages, right? So if we're just talking about the English Wikipedia, I think they are still trustworthy because they have a lot of contributors and they have a very specific procedure that should prevent you from seeding disinformation in there. So I would still trust Wikimedia, but in the Chinese language, Wikimedia, I know people in Taiwan who are involved in Wikipedia projects, they really do a lot of things trying to maintain the integrity of the information in Wikipedia. But the problem is that for the past years, there are some incidents happening. Like there are people from China. They are trying to interfere with the information on Wikipedia. But there are not many contributors for Chinese Wikipedia. And there is so much information. Sure. People cannot cover all the topics. So sometimes, yeah, you can see, because when I was doing research on COVID-19 disinformation, I checked Wikipedia and I really, I witnessed something that had been tempered by some malicious actors who just imparted something which is, mm. which was really incorrect in the Wikipedia page. So I reported this incident to um, friends I mm. know who have involved in Wikipedia and then they correct it. But this is one example that Wikipedia needed more people to involve and to monitor right. things on there. Okay. I really want to thank you for this discussion and sharing all this information. Interesting, and hopefully people listening to this will feel more informed or empowered to think about how they can look at the reliability of where they're getting their sources of information and what to do if they see something that they're not sure if it's correct or seems like shocking or sensational if it's based on any fact. Yeah. be interesting, I guess... Your job is just about to begin, as you said, because the next 30 days up until the elections are really the most intense time when there's going to be much more disinformation and a lot of things being circulated leading up to the election, right? 
So I thank you for your work yeah. um, and taking out the time to be on the Talking Taiwan. Yeah, Felicia, I will just thank you for having us here and to let your audiences know about our work here in Taiwan Fact Check Center. Yeah, really appreciate it for you doing so. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Summer Chen and Weiping Lee of the Taiwan Fact Check Center. So what are you waiting for? To support the Talking Taiwan election tour, visit TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support or share this episode with a friend. Now it's time for you to show us some love. Rate us on Spotify or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.